Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And we have a very special, special episode today. I, let me, I'm not even going to start with the air horns like I normally do, okay? I want to say one of the best smoothies I ever had, period. Let's start with hmm. that air horn, okay? My man has been on, you You may know, you made this network, Revolt. Mm. He recently just got a key to the city, okay? Uh. I'm talking about none other than CEO of Smooth and Groove, Keon Davis. Mm. Moose. I'm How are we feeling? About this but this one. is going to be a great interview. Yeah. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited about this one. I, I I remember, and the way I found out about him, like you told me, was back in the day through the EBB calls. For those of you who are, are familiar with Breed University, this was the brother who would be on asking questions and really just adamant about learning. And I was like, oh, yeah. No, I, I, I could kind of connect the dots. So I haven't met, uh, met officially. I haven't had a smoothie. We're going to have to fix that as well. But uh, I'm excited for this one, man. It's going to be fun. Man, let's just get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. All right, we're not going to wait. No longer. Let's bring the man of the hour, Mr. Smooth and Groove himself. What's up, Keon? What's up? What's up? How y'all doing? How you feeling? Man, I feel amazing. I feel amazing. I feel good, man. I, um, just to be on here with y'all too, man. I know with the work y'all doing, the work y'all done, you know, individually, together, you know what I mean? And just everything that you guys are putting together, man, it's off the chain. So just being here, man, first and foremost, is just it feels amazing. Look, I I I love it. I love it. You like it, I love it. All right, you like it, I love it. But real quick, real quick, um, for our people who don't know you, who don't know you, you know, there may be like a few people, right? Not that many. Uh you you well known in the Atlanta area for sure. Right. You psh, celebrities know you, but for, you know, the few people who don't uh, give give the people who you are. Man, it's a it's a it's a, a long list. But who I am, uh, I'm Keon Davis. I'm the owner and CEO of Smooth and Groove. Uh, I was born and raised. Well, I was born in Florida. But I was raised in Anderson, Indiana. Um, the oldest of four boys. Mom had me at 15. The first, the first, the first, the first, the first, you know, the whole the whole story without the pops growing up, you know, having to be the example, having to create, first to go to college, first to do all those different things, man. But um, all in all, I had an opportunity to go to Tuskegee University uh, where I played ball, I played football, played Kappa. Um, I got two degrees, almost flunked out two times, you know, but finished up with two degrees. Uh, and then I started my business from here. So now what I'm doing now is, you know, the Smoothing Group company we created in 2011. Uh, I had an opportunity to work with, again, some of the largest brands in the world. I mean, anybody you can think of from uh, Target to 
um, Tyler Perry to Wildin' Out to any anybody that you can possibly think of. I probably worked with them in some type of capacity or another. Um, but when I first started, man, I started at Auburn University. I was on campus every single day, and I'm talking about. But we was making bank, but we was making bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? We was doing that selling smoothly. So it was just great to to be able to um, kind of create something, you know, kind of create something on your own and and kind of be responsible for your own well-being, be responsible for like what you do, what you eat, you know, the whole nine. Because when I came out, you know, of course, um, I didn't graduate when I was supposed to, you know, as an athlete, you know, you, you I'm having a good time. I'm throwing all the parties. You know, I'm playing football, and uh, it took me a little longer to get out, right? And so what I did was I had an opportunity to get a job with Regents Bank. You know what I'm saying? So I'm coming out. Mind you, I'm the first, the first, the first, the first, the first to do everything. So I had an opportunity to get a job at Regents Bank. Well, I'm like, well, I'm going to help everybody, right? I'm at the bank. Everybody going to get a loan. You know what I'm saying? Everybody going to get some money on me. And, um... Well, I didn't take a freshman course uh, on my freshman my freshman class, second semester, English. I didn't take it. So I got all the way up to graduation. Mind you, with this job with Regents, um, it was 1,500 applicants. They take five. Out of those five, you come out, you have your own bank, and then you're kicking and rolling, right? So when I didn't graduate, I lost the job. You know, so mm-hmm. I lost the job. I couldn't do it. And so I had to figure something out. So I started selling cars. So I took professional selling. You know, I, I, was, I was pretty good at selling. So I did pretty good at selling cars, but I realized that that money wasn't mine, right? I'm beating myself up eight in the morning, eight at night. And no matter what I do, like at any moment, they can tell me, hey, look, you got to go. You know what I mean? So at that time, I was reading this book called The Alchemist. And we all heard about the book, The Alchemist, right? That was a, the course. first book I've ever read in my life. Yeah. It's the first book I've ever read in my life, cover to cover, right? And I did it twice. And in that book, it really, you know, it talked about personal omens and, you know, your destinies and all that type of stuff. And I was like, man, I could be doing something. I could do something else, right? So I first started looking into opening up a club. And so I go to look at these clubs and rent and all this stuff on these buildings. The first spot I looked at, boy, it was $12,000 a month just for the rent. I was like, well, I don't think I'm ready for the clubs <laughs> yet. I don't think I'm ready for that yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was tough. But then um, after that, you know, I still was working. And me and one of my friends was talking about how much excess money we spent. And so he was talking. He was like, bro, I spent... I told him I spent like $2,000 in the bar. You know, I'm still a party guy. I'm make sure everybody drink good, having a good time, right? Well, he was like, bro, I spent two grand in the gym. And I'm like, how you spend $2,000 in the gym, right? He was like, it's a dude that got a smoothie bar in there, right? He was like, he sells smoothies and wraps and salads. And he was like, bro, I spent $40, $50 with him every day. And so I worked out in a gym that had a spot like that, but they wasn't doing nothing with it. And so I was like, dang, that seemed like something I can do. And so I inquired about it, like, hey, what did it take to, you know, get this spot? And they was like, well, we're really trying to get rid of it. And so when they told me that, I was like, well, what I need to do to get it, right? And from there, it actually took me three months from that initial conversation. I went back to the car lot and I was selling cars. And I told myself by this month, this night, September was going to be my last month selling cars. And so it took me three months from that initial conversation, create a brand, create a menu, create recipes, test the trial stuff, learn the market, learn the industry. You know what I'm saying? Like everything that I need to know about opening up in this smoothie sector. And, uh, and three months later, I opened up. And so September the le- September 12, 2011 is when I opened up in the gym for the first time. Hmm. Wow. Right. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, so, then, so then how does the brand expand from something that you're doing at the gym to becoming its own independent thing, right? Because, like, I imagine at some point you end up 
going on your own, right? Or, or, or are you still in that location as well? So what happened was, you know, in that gym, it was I was in Auburn. So any, everybody that was anybody worked out in that gym, right? So we had all the coaches on the football teams, all the, you know, a lot of the athletes came in, a lot of the people in administration. So in, in the city of Auburn, if you was on campus, you was kind of like, you can write your own check, right? That's where everybody wanted to get to was campus. But everybody that worked on campus or everybody that made decisions came through the gym, right? So I had created relationships with people that I didn't even know I was creating relationships with just by trying to sell them a smoothie when they came to work out. You know, so when mm-hmm. I had the opportunity, um, six months later, I opened up another spot in another gym, which was in Columbus, Georgia. So it's like an hour away and an hour time difference, right? So me just being me, like, I'm just going to hustle, right? I can out-hustle anything. I'm going to just make this jump work. Well, I was opening up in Alabama and I was closing in Georgia, right? Or I was opening in Georgia and closing in Alabama. So at the time, I didn't have no systems. I didn't have no processes. I didn't have, I ain't had no Connie Falls at this time, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had no Connie at the time. Shout out to Connie. So I would just, yeah, you know, so I was just strictly just hustling. And so what happened was it was kind of running me in the mud because, you know, of course, you're trying to maintain something. If something goes wrong in Georgia and I'm in Alabama, it's just going to have to be wrong, right? So I made the decision to just close down the Georgia location and just focus on my, uh, my spot in Auburn and just focus all my attention and energy there. And so when I did that and made that decision, I ended up meeting the guy that was responsible to bring people on campus, right, at Auburn University. So when I met him, he like, hey, you know, we don't have a meeting. We're going to sit down. We can bring you on campus. We love what you're doing. Um, the people that are the decision makers was already buying from me anyway, you know, so I didn't even know that. And so he was like, have you ever thought about putting your concept in a food truck? And at the time, I didn't know what a food truck was, you know, so I'm like, hey, hey no, nah, but if that's what it takes to get on campus, sign me up, right? So he like, all right, cool. We're going to bring you on next semester. I signed the contract, everything, but I didn't have a food truck at all. I didn't even know what a food truck was, you know? So I went back, I researched it. I was looking it up. I'm like, dang, this food truck, 60, 70, $80,000, right? This back in 2013, you know, when, when it wasn't as big as it is now. And I'm like, bro, I don't have this. Like, remind, remind you, I'm the first, the first, the first, the first, the first. I don't have nobody that I can look to to be like, hey, look, I got this great opportunity. This is what it is. You know, I need a little help. You know, I don't have no investor. I didn't know nothing about any of that stuff. And so at the time, it was just like, I got to figure this junk out, right? I got a deal. I, I did the hard part was to, to get the deal, right? I got the deal, so I had to I had to do what I had to do. And um, long story short, man, I ended up realizing I was at the, at the gas station. And so I looked, I was looking around, and I was like, dang. That looked like a like a food truck. It was a Frito Lay truck. The dude delivering potato chips, right? So I mean, that's the same type of truck. You know what I mean? So I started looking up those trucks. Oh, those are a little cheaper, right? You can get those mm. for three, four thousand dollars. You know what I mean? So then I started to go back to that to the drawing board. So we all seen the movie The Founder, right? So you remember the the part in that movie when they were all on like the uh, the tennis courts and they were oh, drawing yeah. out how they wanted the equipment to be? Like this was in two thousand thirteen. I had did that in, in the truck. Like, I had already drew my truck out on a piece of paper. I knew everything that I wanted. I, I did the front view, the side view, the top view, the back view. Like, everything that I wanted on the whole thing, I already had it set up. And so when I did that jump, man, I just had to find a potato chip truck. And so one of my line brothers actually worked for Frito-Lay, and I bought my first food truck from him. Uh, and then I had, to, I had to build it out. You know what I mean? So when I got the truck, everybody, you know, everybody tell you all the time, like, hey, look, Hey, when you get it, boy, just hit me up. I'm going to come through. I'm going to help you. I'm going to hold this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to show you how to do this. And then when you get it, they ain't nobody there, right? It it's crickets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, man, I'm talking about I, I, literally, literally, I got a contract with Auburn University to write my own check 
I got the food truck. I bought the truck for $2,100 off, off an auction, right? The truck sitting in front of my apartment at my house. I don't have no help to build this truck out, right? So I'm in the gym. Again, I'm going back and forth to the gym. I'm in the gym every single day, again, from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Every single day. I'm working that job. So it was a guy in there that, you know, he was coming in. He always bought smoothies from me. He was like, hey, like, what's going on? Your energy down. Your energy different. You know, like, what's going on? He's like, man, I got this truck, man. I got this contract with Auburn. Everybody's telling me they're going to help me. Ain't nobody coming through. He's like, oh, just bring him by the house. I got you. And I'm like, mm. there you go again. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody else selling wolf tickets. Right? So a couple of days go past. I seen him. He was like, hey, you got somebody to help. And I'm like, nah. He was like, well, I thought you was going to bring him by the house. I'm like, man, let me go get this truck and bring him by the house. So what I did was inside my truck, like I was saying, I already had my drawings. I didn't even, these weren't sketches like you get now. These weren't blueprints. These were just drawings that I did with a ruler and a piece of paper that I still got in my notebooks, right? Well, I went in my truck and did the same thing. So I knew all the measurements of the windows. I knew all the, the stuff that I was going to have. I knew where the sink and everything was going to go. So I went in the truck and I drew everything with a Sharpie and a ruler. So I pretty much had a blueprint of everything that was going to go in my truck that was already there. So when I dropped the truck off to him, he seen the spot for the windows. The first thing he did was cut the windows out. Boom. First day, windows cut out. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's on and popping, right? So in the gym, I was probably making three, two, three hundred dollars a day. You know what I mean? That's what I was living off of. You know, and it was my money. It was it was money that I was making, creating, doing all that stuff. So I was saving like a hundred, hundred fifty dollars a week to put towards buying stuff for this food truck, right? So when I think about it today, I'm like, boy, you was tripping. <laughs> but this is what I had, you know what I mean? And I didn't wait to try to get a business loan or get somebody to give me something. It was like, I'm going to use what I got and I'm going to go get it, right? I'm going to use what I got right now and figure out how to do the rest. And so you guys, you know the uh, the Habitat for Humanity spots. Yep. You know the, uh, you know what I'm saying? The rehab where they, they take old stuff. So I was buying stuff out of there, right? So I'm buying plugs and wires and this and that. And I'm buying stuff and I'm putting it in the food truck. I'm buying it. I go put it in the truck. So now I'm, I'm at this point where we like, hey, look. Sunday, we're going to come in there. We're going to bang this thing out, right? So I done spent all my bread to buy these little pieces of equipment that I thought was going to work. Well, we get in there, and it's 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm excited because I'm like, oh, we're going to bang this junk out. I'm going to have my truck. We're going to be ready to rock and roll, right? But when I did that joint, he was like, um, he's looking at all the stuff. and He going through it, and he looking confused. Me, I'm over. I'm excited as ever. Well, I'm happy as ever, right? But he looking confused. And so what he said was, he was like, bro, we can't use none of this. I'm like, what you mean? He like, bro, we can't use none of this. Mind you, I done spent all my bread on this job. Right. Right? So I spent all my bread. So he was like, bro, you got used. I bought used plugs. I bought wires. We didn't even know what this stuff worked. You know what I'm saying? I'm buying stuff that we didn't even know worked, right? And so he like, bro, we can't use none of this. So I was devastated. And this was the first time. The reason I'm saying this, this is the first time that I had to meet my own soul, right? So this is the very first time I had to meet my soul. So when I left there, I'm talking about I was crushed. Right, I'm devastated. I'm thinking we finna just hit the ground running, and I'm I'm one step closer to this contract. I'm gonna be able to take care of this. I'm gonna be able to make this bread. You know, all these different things. But I went home, and like this is the first time this ever happened to me. And I was just walked outside. I had a little patio in the back. You know, I could see the trees. I could see the streets and everything like that from the back. And um, so when I did that joint, it was like, hey, I went outside and I was like, dog, I just let it ride. I'm talking about I was crying. Little Roscoe nose, snot bubbles. I mean, like, I was just crushed, right? Because I felt like, I felt defeated. You know what I mean? I felt defeated. Like, I I got that blow to the chest or that hit in the nose when you just, like, your whole your whole stuff messed up, right? Yeah. And so when I did that, 
I kind of cried it out. I got it out. That's why I said I met my soul. I cried it out. Then what ended up happening was um, the next day I was like, you know what? Let me get myself together, dog. Let me figure this junk out. So then I took, I got all the stuff that I bought from Restore. I took it back. I actually bought some of it on discount. I got a little bit more money back, you know, when I returned it because they ain't really put the discount on it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when I bought it. Right, you right. Know, so I got a few dollars back, right? <laughs> and so then what I did was I, um, I asked him, I was like, look, bro, let's go to the store together and you show me what I need to buy, right? So he, he took me to the store. We went. And I didn't realize the, the little cheap plugs that I was buying, I could have bought a whole pack for $10 and been, been straight. You know what I mean? So I, did, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time until he took me to the store. And he showed me everything to do, right? So that was one of the moments that, that really, like, really helped me to understand the value in actually utilizing an expert, right? And not trying to actually become an expert yourself in a space that you really don't know. Right. So we talk about coaches or we talk about, you know, different people that's, that's teaching you certain things that do what they do. Right. That's not building wasn't what I did. You know, so he took me there and he showed me everything. So when we went back to get the truck, it was like, you know what? I want you to. Sh- he, he showed me how to do everything from electrical, plumbing to the insulation, cutting the walls, the tools to use. So he didn't do any work for me at all. Like he showed me how to do it and he made me do it. Right. So essentially, I built my whole food truck out for the, like myself with his help and his teachings by having a coach to show me how to do that jump. And that jump worked wonders for me. And from there, it was sky's the limit. That's so good. That's, that's so good. Now, from a visual standpoint, right? Uh, let's talk about the design as far as like the logo, the colors and everything like that. And especially since I know uh, there's a, there's a rebrand coming. I mean, there's a rebrand coming. So, Talk talk to the people about the journey about figuring out your logo, figuring out your colors, but as well as that shift that you did with the rebrand. Like, why was there such? Because it went from colorful to like almost corporate kind of vibes. Like, we out here trying to get a big bag now, right? So, yeah. talk talk to the people about that that first process of okay, I know I got to get a logo. No, I know I got to figure out brand colors. I'm putting it all over the truck. Like I'm putting it all over the cups and things like that. So talk to us about that process of the branding. So for me, it was like, I used to love the California races, right? So, you know, the, the herd from the grapevine, you know, the claymations with the, with the white gloves and the glasses. And like, that was my joint, right? So I used to, I wanted a modern day version of the California races. So when I first started, it was like, yeah, let me, let me recreate this California racing vibe, Right. Where they they were doing the concerts, everything like you. I used to look. I didn't even eat raisins, but I would watch all the cartoons and everything like that, just based on the vibe and the energy. So when I was coming up with my concept, I was like, you know what? I want to do a modern version of the, the California raisins. So all my fruit gonna have the Ray Bans on with the white gloves, with the little swag on them a little bit, you know. So that was that was the initial thought, right? So then I knew that um, I was doing smoothies, so it was smooth. I wanted to use the word smooth. I didn't want to use the word smoothie for some reason. And then I knew that like. Groove, I always think about timeless, right? Everything I do, I want to think about timeless. Everything has to be timeless for me, right? So when I thought about groove, I knew that at the time, that was the that was the older version of swag, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna groove, you know what I mean? Like lit, like all that stuff that 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 was the that was the time, that was the word back then. So when I seen smooth in, it was smooth and groove. So I was like, oh, that's it right there. Right. Let's run with that. But when I originally did that. Nobody ever heard of me. Nobody knew what I was doing. Nobody knew the brand, right? I was fresh, right? 
So I kept getting these questions like, oh, what are you, you're a DJ? Like you do music, you're in entertainment. I'm like, no, nah, bro, I sell smoothies. You know what I mean? And so what I did from there was the first initial thing I did, because my first concept was you didn't know healthy could taste so good, right? So it was like, all right, cool. That was the first tagline, which was cool. But then I had to make, I had to create a seal. I had to create a, a something that I wanted a stamp, right? So I took the fruit and I put them in the inside and I put smoothies at the top that make you dance, right? So, cause all my smoothies are named after dances. So I wanted mm. something to be a little different. So I didn't want like tropical passion or mango heaven or this. I wanted the Tootsie Roll. I wanted the Nene. I wanted the Kill Him, right? I wanted to give you a, okay. a certain feel about, you know what I'm saying? When you came to the to the spot. So you got somebody that don't even know what the Tootsie Roll is and ask for a Tootsie Roll, right? It give them, it's two feelings, right? So I always want to tap into people's feelings and emotions uh, when, we're, when we're doing a transaction, right? So when I did that, I'm like, all right, cool. Smoothies that make you dance. Point blank and period, right? So, you know, when you, you get that plate of food, you know, or the first thing you do when you eat some good food, boy, you're going to, oh, you know what I'm saying? You're going to dance. I'm like, well, I put that in the cup. You know what I mean? So that was the whole, like, visual for that. So I created a seal that I could just a stamp on everything. And so I wrote that out for a long time. But then what happened was from a distance, right? I looked at things from a distance. From a distance, you couldn't really read it, Right. From a distance, you knew the brand just because of the look and the consistency of, of everything that I do with the brand, but you really couldn't read it if you didn't know the brand, right? So then I was like, all right, cool. People know the brand now. Let me remove the seal. And so now it's just back to the fruit on top of the words, and then I had smoothies that make you dance at the bottom. Now, that that brand is what I roll with forever, you know what I mean? And that's what we just stuck with, and we kept pounding that. And so, you know, for me, I will always do things where I want to just like, I, I believe in flooding the block. Right. I believe in flooding the block. I believe in flooding the block, flooding the block, flooding the block. No matter if you see it or don't see it, just keep flooding it. Eventually, you're going to get tired of seeing it. Then you're going to have to respond. Right. That's how I used to do when I used to throw parties. We just going to flood everything. You know, and so that's what I I, I did. Everything that I wore was smoothie group. Everything that I did was smoothie group. Everything that I, I drank out of, any any cups. Like, I don't wear any brands to this day. I don't wear a brand unless my brand is on it. Right. All the shirts mm. that I own are blank. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, everything is blank until my brand is on it. You know, because I believe that there's no brand that's paying me, right? Until I got my own brand. I'm not going to just rock Nike just because it's Nike. Everybody <laughs> like Nike. Well, me and Nike going to part it. I'm going to rock Nike like that, right? And so that's that's the thing and the concept that I look at because I got my own brand. Why don't I want people to wear my brand, right? Just like they wear everything else. And so once we start doing that, I start wearing everything on my shirt. I got ties and blazers and sweatsuits and, you know, anything that you can think of, I have my brand on, right? And so it worked. You know, I used to give out T-shirts just randomly. I, it'd be random one day. I'll get some T-shirts. I'll just give them out. People wear them, right? And so the transition happened was um, recently I had got a divorce. And so I really wanted to, like, upgrade my whole life, right? I wanted to upgrade who I was as a person. I wanted to upgrade, you know, everything about my business. Because we all know, like, to this day, like, your business is a representation of you, right? The, the Nikki and Moose show is, is only going to go as far as Nikki and Moose. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So as Nikki and Moose grows, the Nikki and Moose show is going to grow, right? The brands that you represent, being the face of the brand, you have to grow with the brand, and the brand has to grow with you, right? So as I grow, you know, as a certain in a certain time frame, it was like at a certain level with the with the fruit and all that stuff. That's where I was mentally, right? Those were my target market. Those were what I was talking to. That was my audience. That's how I thought, right? Once I did this upgrade and the switch and the, and the, the change in my mental. I really dialed down my target market, right? I've grown. I, and for one, for the longest time, I didn't drink wine. I drink wine now. You know what I mean? 
So oh, it's fancy like fancy now. Oh, you fancy? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I like, okay. I like Pinky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like the little, little bottom of the He's black. like, I ain't drink wine before now because we're rebranding. Yeah, I drink like, wine now. I like to it around. You know? <laughs> Clear my palate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to get right, man. I got to upgrade the palate, right? And so when I did that, though, I started to realize like my customer has actually upgraded as well. So my same customer don't they don't want the same things anymore. Right. So I can't even talk to them the same way. So what I did was I'm talking about when I dialed down my avatar and we talk about avatars, we all know the, the avatar and, and target market or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Right. I dialed it all the way down to her name being Kim. Right. I know what type of track music Kim like. You know, I know where she traveled to. I know what she drink. I know what she eat. I know how many times she work out a week. I know how much money she make. Right. I know the things that she do consistently, what she do for fun. Where she, where does, where is her transit going, right? So when I started to dig into all of that stuff, it's like, all right, cool. Well, my brand right now doesn't talk to to Kim. My brand mm. talked to her kids. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? My brand talked to her kids. I'm right. trying to talk to Kim. Kim, the decision maker. Kim gonna bring them because she gonna pay for, them, right? You know what I'm saying? So now I got to talk to the decision maker. Now what I also did was I kept the the, the fruit logo and everything for my kids line. Right. So one of the things that I know about McDonald's, what really made McDonald's successful wasn't the cheeseburger. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was the Happy Meal. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We all grew up on the Happy Meal. So if we going to get mama, I want the Happy Meal because of the toy. It ain't even about the food. It's the toy. I want to go get the toy. Right. Hmm. You go to the Happy Meal to get the toy. Guess who got to come with you? Mama ain't going to buy something else to eat. She already going to bring you over there and she going to get her something to eat. Not only that, is that as a kid, you grow up. You grow up on McDonald's. Now it go from it go from you just getting a toy and a Happy Meal to let me get the double cheeseburger, right? Now you go from the double cheeseburger to the quarter pounder as you get a teenager, right? Mm. Then you grow up and you go from the cheeseburger to the Big Mac as you become an adult. You know what I'm saying? Until you understand your palate different, until you understand your change, right? That's how they got you forever. They got you in their pipeline forever. So Starting with from, the Happy Meal. So you went you from smoothies to wine. You went from smoothies to wine. I get it now. I get it now. Straight you gotta change. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. But so what I'm doing is what I'm doing is I'm targeting kids early now. So you know it's a it's a huge gap in child obesity. It's a huge gap in even under the education on the health and wellness space between kids and the disparity between kids, adults, teenagers, all that type of stuff, right? So what I did was I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna keep my fun, colorful brand for the kids because I can target those kids, right? But also, I'm going to make this brand corporate to where we finna go into retail and I'm going to target everybody else. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So now I can talk to both parties, right? Because, I mean, think about what McDonald's did. They they, they call it McDonald's Cafe now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This is true. They McDonald's Cafe because of what Starbucks did. It wasn't about nobody else but Starbucks. So mm-hmm. when, when Starbucks jumped down and started doing their thing, McDonald's like, all right, cool, let's turn this into a cafe. Right. That's what everybody want to do. They want to come somewhere, chill, kick it, get the Wi-Fi, do the whole nine. Right. Let's take a little piece out of Starbucks book and do the same thing. You know what I mean? So when you start making those adjustments like that and understanding why and and where this is going to take you, then now the reason I changed my brand was that I'm trying to go retail. I'm trying to be the largest smoothie brand in the world. Right. I don't I don't care about just being a mom and pop's brand. Right. I'm going to be the largest smoothie company in the world. Right. And so I need to look as such. I need to I need to communicate as such. My messaging need to be as such. My packaging need to look as such, right? So now I can set my own standard because I'm coming to a space. This is a this is a $25 billion space now. And in that space, there's nobody that looks like me that's hitting this this market as hard. 
There's nobody that's trying to attack the market from all angles. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got I got smoothies now that I can send to your house. You can make your own smoothies in your own blender and drink them out of the cup that I sent it to you in. Mm, that's crucial. You know what I mean? That's crucial. There's nobody that, that looks like me that's all. Say it again? Was that a COVID, like a COVID adjustment to be able to send someone the ingredients and have them pop them on at the house and just get their stuff rolling? Was that a COVID adjustment? How did that come about? That's a loss adjustment. Mm. That, that's a that's a defeating adjustment. So I did that show with Revolt that we was talking about earlier. It was called Bet on Black. And me, I can pitch, right? I can sell my business. I can sell my brand. I can pitch. I know my numbers. I know I've been doing it for a long time. Well, this was a show that was on Revolt with Target and Revolt. And uh, out of 12 contestants, the top, the, the grand prize was 200,000. Second was 100. Third was 75. Fourth was 50. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody was getting some big bread. And so everything that I went through throughout my course, my my industry, my, in my career, I came into this thing like, hey, this is my opportunity to bounce back, right? All I got to do is do what I do best, is go up there and do my thing. It's 12 people. I can't be, I can't get the top four out of 12 people. You know what I mean? And so each episode, what they did was they had three people pitch. They eliminate two, and the one will go to the final round, right? And then the final round is where the, the big pitch, big money is made. Well, what happened was, I mean, I'm talking about I was projected to win this whole thing, right? I'm talking about from contestants to producers to production. they like, hey, this boy here's solid, right? He's solid. Mm. So I'm like, at least top three. Well, I got eliminated first. Yikes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Why? Ooh, they, hey, I got eliminated first, boy. I'm talking about they hit me hard. And so what I always told myself was I got a governor on myself. Right. I never try to get too high or too low. Like I put a governor, no matter what happens, I'm right here. No matter what happens, no matter what I accomplish, no matter what I don't, what I lose, no matter what, I stay in that space right there. Right. Well, with this, I got, I allowed myself to get super high. I expected to win this. You know what I'm saying? And one of my biggest kryptonites is disappointment. So this disappointment is a kryptonite for me. Right. So I allow myself to get super high. Yeah. So, for me, I think that um, you talk about disappointment, like either I disappoint someone or someone disappoints me, right? That's what reason, one of the things that I had to realize why I work alone a lot, right? I don't really take on partners, you know, but I will work night and day until I get this thing accomplished. You know what I mean? I will bet on myself at all costs, no matter what, you know? And, and the disappointment really came from childhood. I think everybody, we all got childhood traumas. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a therapist or anything, but I've been through a lot of stuff and I had to work through a lot of stuff. And um, so I realized that childhood trauma, the disappointment came from me not having my pops, you know, and expecting that and, and trying to like always being let down. Right. All like, and you know, that, that sound all the time, like, oh, it's OK. Right. That that phrase. Oh, it's OK. Absolutely. Oh, it's OK. It's OK. I, I understand. You know what I'm saying? Like that. I just that used that yesterday. Right I got you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those phrases right there, they'll they'll pile on. They'll pile on. And then eventually it'll be one thing that probably don't have anything to do with anything, right? That'll make you explode and blow up because of all the stuff that was piled on, on that I'm good, right? I'm okay. It's fine. I'm good, right? But we're really not. You know what I'm saying? So those are the things that um, I started to realize. And like doing my own healing, going through therapy, like all this type of stuff, just trying to be a better me, I realized that those were some of the things that I was doing. And so me knowing that disappointment, like this, this last disappointment, like was a jawbreaker. Like, I'm talking about, I thought I was fighting Tyson, how I felt, right? It shut me down for like a couple months, you know, and and it had me in a space of like confusion, right? It's like, bro, how did I lose, you know? But the word that I kept hearing was update, 
right? I kept hearing update, 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 update. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Update, right? That's the, so then that's what the I did, feedback that they gave you? Like, uh, is that this is something? Voice, this was before that? No, nah, it was the voice that I kept hearing in my own head. Oh. Because mm. I'm like, it, it, what, you know what, was the, what was the feedback? Were you so overwhelmed with the disappointment that it, the feedback didn't catch on? Or was that voice that you said of like update, update took over whatever the feedback happened? So they, they didn't even they didn't even really give you any feedback because it was oh. a show. So the show didn't air until like we, we did the show in like December. The show didn't air until like January, late January. You know what I mean? Early February. And so I didn't know what the feedback was. So they, didn't, they didn't show any of the, the deliberation. They just like went up there, asked us a few questions. Then we went back. Then we came up together. It was like, hey, you eliminated, right? <laughs> and I, I'll send you the footage wow. of the, um, I'll send you the footage of the, the video too. It's on YouTube. I'll send you the, the footage of it as well so you can kind of see it. But like when that happened, I mean, you can see it on my face. I was like, what? Like, nah, bro, you got to be playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't no way you just kicked me off first, right? And but when I when I when it happened, like it was just a blow to the chest, right? I went in a dark space for a while. I came back and I think I fired everybody in my store, and like I, I mean, I just like went down a spiral. You know what I mean? But like when I did that joint, I kept hearing that word update. And so when I went back to like all of my research that I've done, I'm a big researcher. Like I'll find anything out. I know all the details. Like I'm gonna find it out, right? I went back to my research. It went all the way up to 2020. So from 2011, all the research that I did in this industry went up to 2020. And so when it when I realized that, I'm like, oh, that's what that is, right? So when I started to look back at like doing more research, I realized that Boathouse Farms is the number one selling smoothie company in the United States. Oh, right? Okay. Boathouse okay. Farms. You've never you never seen a store, you've never seen an advertisement, you've never seen anything. Boathouse Farm makes smoothies in a bottle and they put them on retail shelf. They sell more units than anybody else. Right. So I'm like, oh, Smart. okay. So that was the first aha moment, right? So then I realized that when I did my research, I was looking at the subway effect. People want to see the ingredients you put in. They want to know that these are fresh. They want to know, you know, they want to watch you do everything. But then during the pandemic and after the pandemic, people don't really care about that no more. They want something as fast as they can get it. They want to get as many as often as they can get it. They just want it to taste good. Right. So then when I looked at Bowhouse Farms, they're doing smoothies in a bottle. I'm like, oh, let me try this. I figured that play out. Right. We can put the smoothies in the bottle. Now, instead of me selling one smoothie that you're going to drink right here on the spot, you're going to buy six or seven of them at a time because you're going to take some back home and put them in your freezer and you're going to drink on them for the rest of the week. Right. So now my average ticket go from twelve, thirteen dollars to forty and fifty dollars because I'm selling six, seven you know, smoothies at a time opposed to selling one hand in hand combat. Right. Then on top of that, now back to what Moose was saying, is that now I can send these junks out. I can ship these junks out. Now, I don't have to just sell to the people that come in the store or the people that I'm actually going out on my food truck with, right? I can You can order it. I can send it to your crib. I ain't even got to see you. ain't got to see me, right? But it's the same transaction. You know what I mean? So that's when I started to look at that space. It's like, man, it's a lot more that we can do in this space if we just maximize the areas and the opportunities that we have. So that's what that play came about, Moose. I love so that. Good. I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, nah, you, you can tell because uh, I know like I was in the hospitality industry and I would consider obviously it's it's not necessarily a restaurant, but food and beverage all similar in, in an industry standpoint. 
And that industry is no joke. Like that's a tough industry. Margins are very slim. So every mistake is very costly. That's why for me, it's always uh, just interesting to know, like how did the business knowledge come about? You know, so it, it seemed like there's some wins paired with some losses that have brought together some of these ideas in terms of like, okay, here's how to do this. Here's how to not do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love so it. It, for me, I had a lot of, I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of L's, but I had a lot of wins too. Right. So when we first, we first opened up on campus in a truck, my first, probably first couple of weeks there, we was averaging four, $5,000 a day. You know, we was, we was clearing easy 40, $50,000 weeks selling smoothies, you know, but at the same time, I didn't know money. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what I was supposed to do with this much money. I didn't know nobody that made that much money, you know? And so as the course went on, you know, again, you kind of get stagnant, you kind of get stale, you kind of get, you know, it's the routine, like I'm gonna make it back. You know, they, that the song blow, blow the check and get it right back. You know what I mean? Like that type of deal. So that's the mentality that, that I had at the time was like, Oh, I'm good. You know, and then I didn't go to the NFL. So I was, I was doing things that the guys in the league was doing, right? I got a whole bunch of expensive watches and stuff like that that I was buying that had no real value, you know, to me at the time, but it made me feel good, you know? And so during that course of that time, I used to just, like, I was I was doing so much and I was opening up stores left and right. I was buying everything cash. I didn't build my credit. I didn't do any of that stuff. I just knew cash was king and I was making a lot of it, right? And that cash was, was tied to my identity. So when I look at my bank account every morning, I look at my account, it made me feel good, right? It's like, oh, wait, what? Like you're doing your thing, right? But it was only until um, when I lost everything, right? I got audited three times by the state of Alabama, and they took everything from me. And I looked at my account one time, and that thing said $59,000 negative. <laughs> and that hurt, Yo. right? That hurt. And I said, I said you that too, Nikki, like, when I when I tell you that account hit fifty nine thousand dollars negative, I didn't know what to do. I had I had four stores open, I had two food trucks, I had a store inside Walmart at the time, you know, and all I could do was work on my cash. I could anything that anybody swipe a credit card, that thing going to the, I might as well throw that in the trash can, right? Uh, so I just it took me three months to get down to zero, you know, and then so finally I just started shutting down my stores one by one. Um, I got all my stuff packed, all my stuff up, and uh, we moved to Atlanta, right? And so that's when I first, I think that's when we first met Nikki when, uh, when, when he had that, that basketball tournament. Yep. yep. Right. When, when he had that basketball, he and Jalen did that basketball tournament. So truth, this is, this is, I, I don't think I ever told the story like live or anything. When I reached out to Jalen about the basketball tournament to, to feed the campers, I was dead broke. Right. It was, I was so fresh to Georgia. I had to go back to Alabama to get my food truck to do that event. Right. On top of that, I had to borrow, I think I borrowed $220 to buy product to give it away to the campers, you know what I'm saying, at the event. So what I did was I was like, you know what? Hey, I'm going to come through. I just want the opportunity. What I'm going to do is I'm going to feed all the campers, right? Because he had hit me up. was like, bro, how much you going to charge? You know, I'm like, no, we're good. I'm going to do this for, on me. I make my money on the parents, right? So I make my money on the parents. I feed all the campers for free. So it was like 200-some campers there. I fed them all for free or whatnot. But I had to borrow money two days in a row to go buy product, to give it away for free, right? But what I always understood was, one is relationships destroy rules, right? Relationships destroy rules. The other thing is the opportunity is never the opportunity, right? Mm. So that opportunity, the opportunity is never the opportunity. So that opportunity to work with them 
was not the actual opportunity, right? But I always wanted to build value and, and bring value to anywhere that I can and build real, true, genuine relationships, right? So now, I mean, e, we got a relationship. See, we got a relationship. Like, these relationships that, you know, are real, they're not just, you know, on IG or just, you know what I'm saying, something like that. So that was one of the things that I did in that space. And then what ended up happening from that was, again, E big time, right? Everybody know E. He did the video like, hey, bro, like, let me post the video. We got to show him some love some type of way, right? You know what I mean? So he did the little video in front of the truck, told everybody, hey, if you need a smoothie truck in Atlanta, pull up on him, right? And he posted it up. Well, about two weeks later, I get a phone call. Hey, you know, we was looking for a smoothie truck. We seen E.T. was talking about a smoothie truck. Um, we wanted to see if he was available for this day. I'm like, all right, cool. Who is this? This is Tyler Perry Studio. <laughs> so the, the very first contact that I got in the big time space where I could really start making some money or making some rent, like some some traction in Atlanta was because I was willing to give away 400 smoothies to some campers to an event that I already wanted to build a relationship with people from anyway. Right. So back to what I was saying before, the relationship. The, the the opportunity is never the opportunity, right? Because I know I remember um, one time he was talking about somebody trying to charge him double for something because of what he who he was. You know what I mean? But it was like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this to the best of my ability. I'm gonna give you this top quality service as if you paid me double, right? But I'm gonna do this jump for free. I'm gonna show you what I do. And so from there, I always understood that the opportunity is never the opportunity. That's that's so good. That's that's so um okay so so this is probably going to be one of my my last questions but i would say um talk about a story from like the biggest lesson we 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 already heard about e right but you've worked while and now you know a whole bunch of celebrities you've had so many different opportunities but what was one thing based off a relationship or based off one of these opportunities that you will never do again? Mm. Mm. Let you think about mm. it. No, that's easy. <laughs> you can't bring everybody with you. Oh, break right? that down. Come on. Come on. Hold on. Hold, wait. First of all, so you're you, not going to speed past that. Like, you didn't just say what you just said. Come on. <laughs> so what I mean by that is, is that, like, you're prepared for opportunities, right? Everybody else isn't prepared for that opportunity. That's why you have that opportunity, right? But what I did was, and what I used to always do was, I would try to put everybody else on. So it's like, bro, I done took all this time to build these relationships and put myself in this space to prepare myself for this opportunity. Now that you see me in this space, you want to just come along with me, right? Bro, you're not even prepared for this. You know what I mean? And so what ended up happening is I put my name behind somebody else based on a relationship that I've already built, based on the work that I've already done. And then I let you do your thing and you come through and now you don't tarnish my name and your name, right? Because I don't put you in front of my people to, to, to showcase what you can do and you're not necessarily prepared for that. So what I started to do was like, it's nothing against anybody, right? I got to make sure that my opportunity are my opportunities. I work for this. I don't want nothing that's not mine, right? I don't want absolutely nothing that's not mine because I know what I work for. I know the work that I put in. I know the things that I've done. I know the sacrifices I've made, all those different things. So when, like, just recently, I just, like I told you guys before, we just did the deal with Clorox. You know what I'm saying? We just did, we finna do Essence Festival. Like, these are some of the biggest contracts that, 
I've ever gotten, right? But I don't prepare for this junk. I don't took enough L's. I done messed up enough times to know how to make this thing work. I just I was on a conference call with him. We finna do some cross branding with some big, huge um, um, beauty brands, right? With my food truck, they gonna wrap my food truck. We are gonna cross brand. We gonna give out smoothies at the Essence Festival. You know what I mean? So it's like I prepare myself for that. I I've, I've been in a space where I done got a, took enough L's. I done been in a space where I done done enough work. I done been in a space where like I done prepared so much for this opportunity that now it's my time to shine. Now, if I get somebody else like, hey, you can bring my boy too, right? That may not have been as prepared or has may not have gone through the things that he's gone through to get to this space. Then now they done dropped the ball. Now we both looking bad. You know what I mean? So I just thought, I eliminated that completely all the way out. Hmm. That's good. That's good. I like it. I like it. Get So being where it's at right now, one of the things I've been talking a lot about is like separating uh, a person's self-worth from the work that they're doing, right? And again, knowing the food and beverage, the hospitality industry, that's a, uh, you're going to get, you're going to have to roll your sleeves up and get, and get dirty a little bit, right? It's not like a luxury type of work. Uh, how are you able to still do that work and, and do it at the level that you're doing it at and not necessarily take, take the feel of, oh, I'm just a smoothie guy. You know, like you're talking big business right now, collaborations with big brands and, you know, th these other companies. It, it doesn't seem like you have that. Oh, but I'm just a smoothie guy mentality either. Talk about how you were able to kind of build that up so that when you do get those calls, you're able to handle them appropriately and make some things work out. That's a great question. I think for me, it's always been like. I'm, I will always bet on myself. Right. So. I, will, I mean, completely. I don't care what it is. I don't care what sport it is. I don't care what it is. I'm going to bet on myself, right? I know how hard I'm going to work for this joint. But, like, I think throughout that, the course of the time, it's just always been that I felt like I, I and, and I hate the word deserve, right? But I've earned this place, right? I, mm -hmm. earned, I earned this this key. You know, it's like I, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter what, accomplishments don't make a man, right? Accomplishments don't make you, right? Accomplishments are part of who you are. Right. That don't make you right. What makes you is who you are inside. Right. So like for me, it's like everybody put their pants on the same way. Some people just got to their space a little faster than other people. That don't make them no yeah. better than me. Right. If you cut him and cut me, we're going to bleed the same anyway. Right. It may be some things that he researched a little bit more than I did. You know, there's some some situations that I had to overcome that he may not have to overcome. You know what I mean? So when I look at people and, and all those different things, I'm starting to realize that. And I'm just starting to realize this within like the last few months is like me and the things that I've done. I want to, I want to go, I want to go to the biggest deals that I can possibly go to because me signing a million dollar deal, it takes the same effort of me signing a thousand dollar deal. Right. It's just finding out their needs, finding out their needs and being able to fulfill those needs. Right. So why am I going to keep running myself in circles trying to chase this $500 event, thousand dollar event, all this stuff. No, let's go to the head honcho. Hmm. Right. Let's go, let's go up top and then trickle it down. If I can't, I can get the million dollars, let me get the $500,000 deal. I can do it, right? So then now it's just about having that confidence within yourself to feel like, hey, I can handle this. I can do this. I'm Like you said before, I'm going to roll up my own sleeves. If I got to right. get in there and do it, ain't, ain't no pressure. I'll run circles around everybody anyway, right? I have fun doing this job. But then just knowing that it's a whole completely different side to it that I never tapped into because for the longest, like you said before, I was just a smoothie guy, right? It was I was a smoothie guy. I was just hustling. You know, I was hustling. Now I'm doing business. Now mm. it's time to do business. And that's the difference. And that's the separation factor where you start to understand, like, now look, 
we're not we're not just worried about what we're making today. We got a forecast going on. This is what we're making this month. This is what we plan on doing this year. This is how many deals we want to do. And and understanding the 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 long term, like we always talk about, understanding the marathon, right? Understanding it's not a sprint. For the longest time, all I was doing was sprinting, trying to outrun everybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> trying to outrun everybody. Now it's like, let me take my time. Let me put these pieces into place. Because now once you put pieces in place, now you lay that foundation. There's nothing that anybody can take from you because you done did the work that you were supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? So now when you do that, your foundation is solid. Now you pick and choose who you want to work with. Now you pick and choose what you want to do. Now people banging your door down and you got to tell people, no, I'm not available. Right. That was the that was the toughest thing that I had to do um, when 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 everybody came down for the conference. I think it was the 20 what was the 21st. Hmm. So the 21st, it was four. It was, was it the 21st or something like that. I think so. Y'all came to Atlanta. Everybody yeah, yeah. was in Atlanta for those conferences. Yeah. Yeah. So Ross had a Ross had the car and bike show. Uh, he had oh, a recently. Yeah, yeah. Had it a was conference. the 21st. Absolutely. Yeah, recently, yeah. Yeah. It was like four conferences that, that came on at the same time. Plus Rick Ross's event, and um, everybody reached out to me to bring the truck out. Right, I had to tell everybody no because I was going home to get the key to the city. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So imagine, imagine telling these, imagine telling Rick Ross, no, you can't come to his event because I'm going to get the key to the city. Right? Imagine, you know what I'm saying? And, and being in the space of being okay because normally what I would have done is I would have bent over backwards trying to figure out how I can get to the these places or put somebody else in position where they can do this. And then it still wouldn't have been right. You know what I mean? So I said, you know what? I'm not chasing no more. I'm attracted. And what I've attracted was actually getting a proclamation from my hometown, which one of the goals that I wanted to make when I was a child, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to embrace this moment, right? Has nothing to do with anybody else. Not taking anything away from anybody. I would have loved to have been there, right? I would have been on the first thing smoking, but this moment was about me. And I had to be selfish in that moment to embrace that. And that's what made me feel good. Look, uh, it, I'm I'm speechless. This was so fire. I don't even want it to end. I don't even want it to end. But look, uh, we just want to give you your flowers. That's why we wanted you on uh, on the podcast because you have been killing it for a while. I've been watching the whole journey. Right? You even have courses and things like that of how to do exactly what you did with the with the mobile trucking and everything. It's just. It's so fire to and refreshing to just hear the grind and to hear the uh, just the growth. And I told Moose the other day when when uh, we were on live, I was like, there was this fire bar that had nothing to do with nothing, nothing that we talked about. Right. But we, I've been on this journey of like mental clarity and everything. And you were just like, yeah, you know, prayer is talking and meditation is is listening. And I was like. All right, I'm taking that. I'm applying it. This is amazing, right? So, uh, like from from us to you, we just want to give you your flowers. I think my last last question that I, I ask all our guests is, what is your three favorite uh, books that's changed your life when it comes to a branding and business side of things? Mm, that's big, branding and business. Um, one is contagious. That's a good one. Contagious. That's a good one. Uh huh. The other one uh, is biology. B U Y ology. Okay. Uh, bi biology, and uh, I think the third one would be the power of habits. Hmm. That's a good one. 
That's a good one. I like that. That's what's up. That's what's up. Nah, man, this was, uh, uh, again, a, a real dope dialogue. I think it's the first time, like we said, that we've connected, but it's cool to see someone like yourself who's really done the work and kind of accumulated all these lessons. I'm a research guy, so when you said, oh, I had research between 2011 and 2020, I'm like, dang, that's a lot of research. I ain't even gonna lie. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of work. So, uh, nah, man, much love to you. Uh, before we close out, Give us a little preview on what's coming out next. Oh man, this is fun. So we got uh, we got a couple of things that we're doing. We got a couple of um, TV shows that we're working on that we're working with. Uh, we actually about to drop those those smoothie cups that I was talking about. We're about to do a real live push with those. Um, I got a an event coming up with the gathering spot where we're going to teach the whole mobile business aspect. Right, so you can come in, and no matter if it's a boutique, if it's a like whatever it is that you do, we're gonna show you how to take it mobile, right? And the impact that you can have uh, in creating your business mobile, right? Um, we got a couple of things that we're doing with um, Pinky Dave and B Simone, right? Where we're doing something with Revolt with that. And other than that, man, we oh yeah, we're about to open up in uh, Decatur as well. So it's a store, Nikki. This is gonna be your plug. I might be your plug, right? Okay, it's a store I'm listening. Soul. It's a shoe store, exclusive retailers called Soul Play. Right. So they do exclusive retail um, and then they actually put an arcade on the other side and we're actually putting our juice bar and smoothie bar on the arcade side. Uh, they were going to open up in Decatur at the end of this month. So we're going to do that as well. So it's going to be pretty dope. So I'll be the I'll be the shoe plug if you need. Hey, I'm saying uh, Nikki Moose need uh, an official uh, sneaker plug that we yeah. will just have talk about in every episode, just like. How we talk about Ecamm Live. All right. If y'all didn't know, Ecamm Live is how we powered this whole, whole episode. It's all in one live streaming, pre-recording. You see how we shift everything from Keon to Moose to myself to the audio. Everything is done based off Ecamm Live. So shout out to Ecamm Live. And if you want to have uh, a free trial of that, it is www dot nikki and slash ecam e-c-a-m-m uh go check them out but yeah i mean they could get the same slot i'm just saying they could get they could get the same slot if that's what they want i clearly show uh right some 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 sneakers here and there. i just i just right. I, I clearly see i clearly show it but that's just you know we could talk about that offline we could talk about that offline um wait before we go, before because normally uh, we leave the final words to Moose, but because you are the guest, uh, tell the people where they can find you and final words from from you. Uh, they can find me on all everywhere on social media. Be Smooth and Groove. Uh, so Smooth and Groove across all social media platforms. Uh, it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything. Everything Smooth and Groove. LinkedIn. Uh, Pinterest, every, anything that you can think of, it's going to be smoother, right? Um, also, I think for me, man, the last words that I would think about that I feel like everybody should should understand is like, know your value, right? Know your worth, know who you are internally, right? Out, and, and don't try to compare yourself to what you see on the outside of anybody because everybody's going to show you their best. Everybody's going to give you their best, right? So, when you at your worst, who are you, right? When you at your weakest, who are you, right? So understand who that person is so that when you represent yourself in the world, 
that there's nothing that can break you in that space because you've already done the work, right? You've already been to the bottom. So there's nowhere to go but up. And there's nobody that can say or do anything to change your perspective on you. You know what I mean? 